Well, good morning. I uh, I regret you know, a little bit not being here last Sunday because I got to watch it on YouTube, and it looked awesome. Just to see Steve in, in a suit and tie was great. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's awesome. And to hear Larry lead singing uh, all my favorite Christmas songs, you know, that was great. And so, and to really to remember, as Larry was saying, just the story of Jesus. What a great, great time. We, we had a great time as well last weekend. We were out in California. Uh, Katie finished her PhD uh, last week ago Friday. So we have a doctor in the house, a couple here, here and there. But hey man, it was great. Really enjoyed it. Got to see Jeanette's mom, and uh, she's uh, past 97 this year. Wow. So that was uh, that was really encouraging to do. Really enjoyed it. Um, but really glad to be back here, you know, and I, I won't break it to you all because Larry already did that we have one week until Christmas. <laughs> so if you tend to stress about those sorts of things, um, it's officially stress time. <laughs> I'm not sad. I'm not trying to make you stress out. Hopefully you'll have about an hour of stress-freeness here this morning, more or less, if you take it. Have you ever thought about just when you get a gift, you know, what makes the gift really stand out in your mind? You know, um, you know, I think sometimes it's just a big contrast. You know, you, could, you know, as a little as a kid, I remember getting the toy you've been dreaming about, and you got it. And it was like, oh, this is so awesome. You know, I didn't have this toy before. Now I've got it. Now, that might have only lasted about 30 seconds, but uh, still, it was pretty cool to have just that new new thing to play with. Or maybe it was just the the, the sheer surprise of it. You weren't expecting it, and of course, that can be a pro or con too. You go. Oh, wow, you got this for me. Thanks, you know. Or, oh, wow, you got this for me. Thanks. It's a great gift. You know, sometimes it's just that as you use it, you remember the person. So I was thinking about that today. As you know, any time that I cut a pizza, I have a pizza cutter that Pat Slater made for me. It's a nice wood handle. And so every time I, I cut a pizza, you know, there's, a, there's a moment there when I think about Pat. Uh, similar uh, in our silver drawer, uh, I think Katie gave us our silverware. So every time I bought us food and stir a cup of coffee, oh, I get a thought of Katie. It's a great way <clears throat> to remember the person that, that gave you the gift. And even though we're getting into this rush and there's there's deadlines, you know, people are giving more. They're buying more stuff. Uh, I thought it was surprising that in spite of all the financial things you hear on the news, the retail spending is up 5% this year or something. So <clears throat> crazy. People are still doing that. Uh, some of us will be traveling or will be going places. And so this week uh, and the week following will be a time of just, you know, you'll be in a different setting maybe. Different people will be here with you. Uh, you'll be out of your routine. Uh, you'll have higher or different expectations of yourself maybe. Uh, but also there's going to be chances to connect, right? Times to be with and to love and to serve our, our family, our friends, people around us. You know, you'll have the opportunity, perhaps, to be a light in a difficult situation or difficult conversation. And so you'll get a chance to decide, you know, what will come through at that point? How will you reflect God in those times? And so my encouragement, and encouragement, I think, in my lesson today is really let's make sure we, we use this time to get some time with God, to let him speak to us, <clears throat> take some time to listen to what he's saying, and so this morning, we're going to continue in Romans 5 and going to talk about the gift of God. But first, let's pray. Yeah. Father, it's uh, just great to be here together this morning to reflect on you, 
to have time to look into your word, time to be with our brothers and sisters, uh, just to encourage each other uh, as we follow you in this life. God, I pray that you'll be with those who travel or are already traveling, that you'll give them not only safe passage and journey, but that you really help them to have an encouraging, uplifting, exciting uh, time uh, this week and always with you because they're following you. We love you. Pray for our time together. Uh, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so turn over to Romans 5. Um, I wanted this to be a time of an encouraging Christmas time message. And also, I'm in Romans 5. We, we, we did verse 1 through 11 the last time we were in Romans. I thought, well, oh, maybe we should do something different. Then I looked at you know, Romans 12, 5, 12 through 20 and said, oh, wait a minute. This is about the gift. This is about the grace of God. Let's, let's spend some time there and help it to encourage us. So let's start reading in verse 12. It says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men, because all sinned. For before the law was given, sin was in the world, but sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam who was a pattern of the one to come. So I'll just say, there's a lot here. We could spend a couple hours talking about this, but I think I really just want to take one thing from this passage here, is that on one side you've got Adam, and in a moment we're going to talk about Jesus, and they really represent uh, two sides. Right? It really is just two, one decision that has two outcomes, right? two different outcomes. There is the decision of the world that uh, lives for sin, and lives in sin and is held accountable for this sin. And uh, Adam represents that life. He's the pattern of that. <clears throat> this is where death reigns. This is the reigning of death. Um, you know, when you, you think about, is that all there is to life? That's what this is. You feel that? Is that all there is? Is that it? <clears throat> That's Adam. Now, I'll just throw it aside. You know, well, wait, Paul. It was Eve that sinned. Well, First Timothy, Paul says, Paul knows that Eve sinned first, but it really represents this pattern of just the decision to uh, to sin, to let sin reign in your life. But if we continue, Peter, you said you were talking about the gift of God. Come on. Verse 15. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift come by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Again, the gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin, the judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many <clears throat> trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? <clears throat> so God's grace <clears throat> and his gift is different from Adam's sin. It's not only how many people it impacts, but it's really how, what a radical transformation it was for, uh, for what God did through Jesus. You know, it says that it, it brought justification. Now, if you're like me, just, that's one of those words that I probably hit from an electronic Bible to define this for me, right? <clears throat> what does that mean? A friend of mine once said that justification was just as if I didn't sin. <clears throat> so we may have heard that. So it's the idea that we are forgiven of our sins. But you know, that really can be the place where we end sometimes. We can say, okay, well, I was a sinner. 
and okay, I, I became a Christian, and now I got grace, and so I'm saved, I'm going to go to heaven. And that is true. That, that, that's really in a line justification. That's the idea that we're going to be uh, redeemed by God. But there's really more to it than that. It's, it's, it's correct, but it's just not all the story here, because there's more to it than that. You know, Christ really represents the opposite of Adam. The opportunity to re- receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness in this life. So I have to sometimes think about that for a minute. So that you know, when it says abundant provision, it, it means super abundant, beyond measure, <clears throat> unbelievable. And if that was just Jesus dying so that our sins could be forgiven, that would be pretty amazing. That would be incredible just all by itself. <clears throat> but it's really, it's beyond that. It is... The idea, you know, the word grace, another word that I go, I think I know what that means. Let me look it up again, right? Um, and, it, you know, it has been, one definition is unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. So have you ever received unmerited favor? Well, anytime you pray, aren't you praying, God, I want unmerited favor. I don't want to really get what's supposed to happen here. I want to get... I want to get a little push toward the side, or maybe a big push. I want to go this way, if possible, give me unmerited favor. You know, sometimes when you're playing a game, you're like, oh, that was a gift. Ever heard that? Mm-hmm. Shut down. Oh, that was a gift. You know, as a Patriot fan, you know, we feel that a lot because, oh, yeah. you know, there was a lot of gifts there over the years. Um, and by the way, that's, that's unmerited. Are, are we watching the yeah, un- unmerited? <laughs> And Zach, today's the day, right? It's Patriots versus, what's that other team? The Raiders. Oh, the other team, yeah. I, I said, forgot about that. I asked you that. Should we invite Zach over? She said, no. <laughs> <laughs> this one day is probably not a good day. Every time else will be great. But the whole idea of unmerited favor, so that, you know, really, that that's, so we're used to merited favor. You know, we I work for it and deserve it. Come on, God. Don't, don't I deserve something good here? And yet, this is really beyond that. This is the idea of grace, of, of unmerited favor, but also even the word righteousness there, you know, live a life of righteousness. It's the idea of God has created a covenant and is going to bring justice under that covenant because of that relationship, and we're part of that righteousness. We get unmerited favor, and we get to be part of God's promise to us. So those are the things that are... I mean, those go in addition to being justified for him forgiving our sins. But he's decided that we're going to get unmerited favor from him. We're going to be part of his, his plan in this world. So if you keep on reading, it says in verse 18, Consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation to all men, so also the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. For just as though the dis just as through the disobedience of one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man many will be made righteous. So it's this idea that this justification is bringing us life. It's bringing righteousness reigning in that life. It's, it's really this choice between Adam and Christ is, is, is do we take condemnation or do we take reigning in life to the unmerited favor of God? And it continues on in verse 20, 21. He says, The law was added so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So walking with Jesus is walking into eternal life. 
It is this continuation. <clears throat> He's really chosen us to be the ones that reign in that life today and carry it on into eternity, into eternal life. You know, <clears throat> because of his unmerited favor, because of his gift, uh, we're called into his kingdom. We're called into eternal life. Now, that's a gift he can savor for me. <clears throat> to get to have an eternal relationship with God, to get to be the channel of unmerited favor <clears throat> in this world. And so it's not just the forgiveness of sins, although that's an important part. <clears throat> you know, we've received that this abundant provision from God, uh, <clears throat> you know, given way more than we, we could ask or imagine. You know, and if you think about it, you know, grace is opposed to earning, right? Make sense? Opposed to earning. So if I earn something, <clears throat> I get what I deserve. Unmerited grace is I get what I, I didn't earn or didn't deserve. <clears throat> so we understand that. So grace, I can't earn grace. Nothing I can do to be worthy of that. You know, there's no checklist I can follow or set of rules I can do. Or I think that's what Paul is saying about the law. But but anything, there's nothing I can do to earn God's favor. But it's it's not against effort. You know, <clears throat> it's okay to make effort. It's okay to, to work because of what God has done for you. You know, <clears throat> think, just think about that for a second. Grace is opposed to earning, but not to effort. So 1 Corinthians 15, Paul just mentions, he says, By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. He's talking about the other apostles. <clears throat> Yet not I, but the grace of God was working in me. Now, it's interesting. I, I, I feel that, too. You know, I'm, we're, I'm forgiven, but there's so much more that I need to do. I need to keep growing. You know, the one verse that stands out to me, you know, Jesus said in Luke 6, he says, Bless those who curse you. Bless them, those who curse you. Anybody excelling in that? It's a hard one, right? You know, that, this is the time when someone cuts you off, swears at you, makes fun of you, gives you a low bark in school or work. You know, just is not nice to you in the family. Says things that are that are that are hard on you, and our natural response is, well, natural is just to do something back, right? You know, to, to swear at them or to our natural response or to <clears throat> be violent back, curse them back, and uh, and so we can get better. We can go, okay, well, I I, I just won't say anything. I'll really hold my tongue. And that's progress, right? Getting that's a progress step. You know, but here Jesus said in, in Luke 6, he says, no, we should bless them. Bless the people that hurt you. Well, that's, that's a much bigger step. That's much harder to do. But that's the expect, expectation of us as disciples of Jesus. <clears throat> that's where we need unmerited favor. We need to give unmerited favor to someone like God did, but we really need a lot of help. <clears throat> that's where praying... Fasting, meditating, reading your Bible, talking to people about it. Those things help you to be able to continue to grow, to change. You know, Paul's going to pick it up in Romans 12. Brian, this is for you. Uh, right, Romans 12, 4. Paul just says, bless those who persecute you. Well, wow, that's worse than curse. That's persecute. It means they're active. I read, think of that. They're actively coming after me to harm me. That is their intent. And Paul said... I think echoing Jesus, that the grace of God <clears throat> teaches us to say no to unrighteousness. Titus says that we should bless those who persecute us, bless those who curse us. So, we, you know, 
I've got a lot of work to do to get there. Maybe you're with me. Maybe you're already there. Maybe you can help me. But I think the point is that the grace of God is going to continue to help us become the people that we want to become because we are following Jesus. We're trying to be like him in this world. <clears throat> you know, it's, it is a challenge. It is a challenge to do those things. And I, like I said in, in the introduction, we're going to get the opportunity, I'm sure, to practice some of that this next couple of days or week or two. The more I get around family, the more I get the opportunity to uh, consider how am I going to be more like Jesus. And so I think we should take that as an opportunity to grow, as a challenge, that I'm going to try to be more like Jesus in my interactions because this has really given me the opportunity to rely on the grace of God. We'll go over in 2 Corinthians 12. I've got two things for us to think about. This was a, interesting to me in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 8. So Paul says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. So that's the second point. When I'm, or third point, whatever it is. When I'm weak, I am strong. So, so you about Paul, if you're looking in the context here, there's a thorn in the flesh. It doesn't really tell us what it is. Um, it probably isn't sin because he's going to boast in it. He's going to boast in whatever this weakness is. So I, I can't see Paul <clears throat> boasting in, in some kind of sin that he's involved in. Right. <clears throat> but it's something that he really begged God to take away. He wanted a more unmerited favor. God, just take this away. And I, I know, I think we've all got some things like that. God, we're just praying for this. We really want you to change it. Um, I don't know if the three times is figurative or, or literal. Um, it was enough, and he just decided <clears throat> he decided that God was telling him that my grace is sufficient, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. But think about that. If God was really what I call a bubblegum machine, you know, and I, I know I'm, I'm using old speak. Many of you have probably never bought bubblegum from a bubblegum machine. There's one in a furniture store over in, I think, in Williston. Or Essex, and I put money and I bought the bubblegum. Don't do it. It was awful. <laughs> but a bubblegum machine, the idea is that if I just pray or do what God wants me to do, he'll give me a reward. It'll come out. I think Paul is saying here, now sometimes he's really proving it out that his grace is sufficient for you. It's enough. you know, Because when you're weak, it makes him more powerful. It makes you more reliant on him. You know, I look at that list. To me, it's, you know, it's, it's stunning. You know, do you have any weaknesses? I got a lot of weaknesses, right? <clears throat> Things that that I want to grow. I just share with one. It's hard for me to bless and not curse <clears throat> people. But um, you know, these are areas that uh, I really need not only just help in discipling, encouragement, counsel, <clears throat> but I need to rely on the power of God. Can, can I really delight in my weaknesses? He said he delighted in his weaknesses. He delighted in insults. He delighted in hardship. He delighted in persecutions. He delighted in difficulties. You know, when I reflect on that list, you know, I can think of examples for myself of each of these things, and I rarely is Peter delighting in them. Oh, 
this is awesome. I'm so glad people insult me, you know. You know, but what I learned is that I need to be more like Jesus, more like Paul here, to, to change that example where, you know, when something, when God just doesn't give me the, the, the flat answer I wanted, and I'm sitting there feel like, God, I'm just weak in this area. How come I can't do what you want me to do? And the answer is, well, I, I'm, I'm helping you through that weakness. Somehow you should delight in that weakness. You should delight in the answer that you receive because that was God saying, what I've done already is sufficient for you. It's enough. It's going to be good enough. It's going to work out. God is going to take care of it. You know, I really want to be like Paul in that way, to not blame Jesus, so, but to thank him for giving me the opportunity to rely on him. And I know it's not easy. Right? This, is, this is hard stuff. I mean, this is difficult. I think that's why Paul was, you know, it's like, okay, I really want to be different. I think this is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. God, I really want this to be different. <clears throat> but what you've decided to do is sufficient for me. It's going to, be, it's going to go, it's, it's your way, and I'm on your team, I'm on your side. Last point, 1 Peter 4, verse 7. God has <clears throat> given us gifts, and they are really are God's unmerited favor <clears throat> to us. So if you think about it, Anything that you can do <clears throat> that sort of stands out. And I like to think about this. I really think that gifts are things that when you do them, you just, they just make you strong. You just enjoy them. God has <clears throat> encouraged you with that ability, that capability to do something. You know, it might be singing. You know, I love to sing, but it's not really a gift of mine. You know, so it's, it's not something that uh, God, I think it's, I, I get to enjoy it. I just it's probably not one I can use to serve in the way that in that way. Others have been given different gifts, and so when you have a gift, something that you just it really is a strength. You know, with with Jeanette, she loves the garden. I just show up. I don't love the garden, and I'm okay at it only because I imitate everything that she does. You know, right. so <clears throat> this week she had me putting in fence posts around her tulip bed so that we can keep, you know, the deer population out. She doesn't want to have lion come keep it out. <clears throat> so so we're going to put a fence around it. Now, fencing I can do. For a garden, not so excited about it, but I'm there to serve. I'm there to help her. But it really is more her strength. And so I just rely, I rely on her strength in that area. I follow her lead. <clears throat> She's using that, that gift to serve me. So I do enjoy the flowers. I, I enjoy the carrots and all the other stuff that comes out of the garden. But here in 1 Peter 4, it says, verse 7, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Well, that'd be enough just for this week all by itself. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So you have some of God's grace in you. You have his unmerited favor for whatever reason, he decided to give you gifts that are different than than the next the person next to you. There's things whether it's you know the list is long, 
and it's different. And so even the things that I'm aware of really probably are more my gifts than your gifts. <clears throat> but just as you get aware of them, you know, don't be proud about your gift because the reason you have it is just because God decided to give it to you. Uh, it was unmerited. That reassures me when I see people are so much better. I go, amen. God gave them that gift. He didn't choose to give it to me. That's okay. I, I can rejoice with them when, when they have that. But then when we do have the gift, the expectation is that we, we use it as if God or Jesus was there in the situation. Everyone should speak the very words of God. Everyone should serve really as if Jesus was in that situation trying to serve. If you, if you have that gift, then the expectation is that you faithfully administer God's grace in his various forms. You really are the conduit of that grace, of that favor from God in a situation. God has put you there at that point in time for you to deliver what he has entrusted to you. So really it's go and do and say what Jesus would do and say. I can imagine what that begins to look like if we if we seriously took on the charge that we're going to go out and in the situations that we're in, we're going to do the things that Jesus would do as if he was, excuse me, Peter in this situation, we're going to, I'm going to get this word out, I'm going to say the things that God or Jesus would say in that situation. Can you imagine what a wake you would create? Can you imagine the, the, the plow behind you? And not just the way Peter would say it, because Peter would, would curse you, you know, you know, like Jesus' disciples. Hey, Jesus, we just want to call fire down from heaven on them. And Jesus like, no, no, that's not quite the plan here today. <clears throat> no, but really to go and serve and love and give uh, and do good to people like Jesus did in every situation, not dependent on knowing how it's going to happen. Knowing that in this situation, in every situation, you're going to require the unmerited favor of God to fulfill that. God is going to protect you. God is going to deliver you. God is going to help you succeed in everything you, you put your hand to. If you decide to go and do it, what would Jesus do in this situation? And I really don't like that phrase. I like it more. Is what would Larry do in that situation with being full of Jesus? What would Peter do in that situation? You know, what would what would Emily do in that situation if God was there? If really we were fulfilling, we were bringing that unmerited favor of God to that situation. Because you really are. I am that conduit of God in every situation that we're in. We are there to bring about God's grace, whether it's loving people, serving them, sharing the good news with them, teaching about the truth that's here in even in Romans 5, that Jesus is the answer. He is the way to eternal life. All those things are relevant because they all are carrying out the, uh, the power of God and so when I decide to curse and not bless somebody, I've decided to do it my way and not God's way. And when I decide to do it my way and not God's way, what I get then is I get my power. And so my power doesn't work. If I, get, if I do it God's way, I get his grace, his righteousness, his unmerited favor works in that situation in ways that I cannot even begin to understand. And that's really, I think, the challenge of this gift from God as we put it into practice in our life is to realize if we do it God's way, then we get to have God's power. And so if we'll trust God, we'll rely on him, we'll do it his way, 
in all circumstances and realize, you know, we're going to fall short, we're going to sin, we're going to have lots of gaps in, in how we deliver on the grace of God. Just realize, hey, I'm coming back. I'm going to continue to grow. I'm going to continue to change. I'm going to continue to learn from that. I'm going to try more and more to do Jesus' way. But ultimately, that's my goal is to be like him because that really is his gift. His gift is he said that he will be with me always to the very end of the age. I want to read a quote here from Dallas Willard in The Great Omission that struck me, and then we'll pray for communion. He said, if you would really like to be into consuming grace, just lead a holy life. The true saint burns grace like a 747 burns fuel on takeoff. Become the kind of person who routinely does what Jesus did and said. You will consume much more grace by leading a holy life than you will by sinning, because every holy act you do will have to be upheld by the grace of God. And that upholding is totally the unmerited favor of God in action. It is the life of regeneration and resurrection and justification which is absolutely vital for our sins to be forgiven. But justification is not something separate from being regenerated. And regeneration naturally moves into sanctification and glorification. Lots of big words there. But really the idea is as we follow the power of God by doing what he said, not only will we be forgiven, but we will be transformed. Let's pray. Father, as we uh, take the cup and break the bread today, I really pray that we can reflect the power of Jesus, the power of the unmerited favor that we receive through you, through him, in having a life where we, we have eternal life, but more than that, where we have the opportunity to really be the, the conduit of your love, of your mercy, of your grace in this lost world. Really pray that you'd help us to be like Jesus, that we really could reflect on the sacrifice he, that he made at the cross as he broke the bread and took the cup. He really gave to us not only the power, the right, the opportunity to be transformed and be saved, but the opportunity to be like him. God, I pray that we could be like him in this time when the world is actively celebrating our Savior Jesus. I pray we really could rejoice in the fact that he was born, but more so in the fact that he changed us to be like him. God, we love you and thank you for this time together. Uh, it's in Jesus' name.